Hello and welcome to the 15th episode of The Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? I'm Chris Tripodi of DraftAnalyst.com, and with me as usual is longtime draft analyst Tony Pauline as we creep closer to the end of this year's bowl season with a look at this weekend's non-playoff matchups. How are you doing today, Tony? I'm okay, and I'm excited about this podcast because things really start to pick up a lot of top next-level prospects that we're going to be talking about, especially in our first two games. Absolutely. And the first of those two matchups is the Peach Bowl between 10-2 and Michigan and 9-3 and Florida. As you alluded to, loads of early round prospects in this game on both sides of the ball, although one, Rashawn Gary of Michigan, won't play in order to prep for the draft. Tony, without Gary, who's your focus on in this game? Well, it's got to be the defensive lineman from the Gators, Zakai Polite, who's very likely to enter the draft. Pass rushing terror, a guy who's very explosive, really elevated his game and went from someone that no one knew too much about to a guy who right now, if and when he enters the draft, is going to be a mid-first-round selection. He's explosive. He's fast up the field. He's got some size concerns. Probably he's only going to go about six foot two, 240 pounds, but he's a terrific athlete. Is he going to be a defensive end? Is he going to be a 3-4 outside linebacker? It doesn't matter. He can get up the field. Although there are some concerns with these guys that are basically just pass rush specialists on the college field, how they project to the next level because they're a bit one-dimensional. We've seen a lot of busts in the past. Dante Fowler Jr., also out of Florida, who the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars took very early a few years ago, passed up Leonard Williams. He's turned out to be a big bust. Speaking of Leonard Williams, a team that his team drafted a guy by the name of Vernon Golston a few years ago, who was, again, a one-dimensional pass rusher, turned out to be a complete bust. So, you know, you hope it doesn't work out that way for Polite, but there is some bust factor in the prospects that are just great pass rushers on the college level. Also, like Zach Gentry, the tight end of Michigan, we mentioned on this podcast in the past that he is thinking about entering the draft. He was speaking with agents. There is a feeling out there that he's going to enter the draft. Looks like a power forward out on the field, six foot seven, 255 pounds, terrific blocker, excellent pass catcher, not a true seam stretcher as teams want these days, not a guy that's going to get into the secondary 15, 20, 25 yards down the field and create mismatches, but very well-rounded, sort of a throwback, a three down tight end that you can leave on the field on third and two situations as a blocker, or even third and six situations when you're going to throw the ball. Juwan Taylor, Florida, their offensive tackle, he's moved up draft boards. He's had a very good season. And there are a lot of other guys who I think are going to be third, fourth round picks in this draft. Just a lot of talent right now in this game. Even if we include Gary for depth chart purposes, I count 20 draftable prospects in this game. Yeah, that's a lot. And, you know, a guy like Polite, as you mentioned, really one of the breakout stars in college football this year, didn't really have a ton of production, didn't even have a ton of hype coming into the season, but really put himself on the map as a guy who's going to rise up boards and be one of the uh, the top 45 picks in this draft at the very least. A couple of the guys you mentioned as later round prospects, two of them aren't going to play in this game, just like Gary, his teammates, Karan Higdon, the running back and Juwan Bushell Beatty, the tackle are not going to play in this game. Uh, Higdon will see at the Senior Bowl. We'll also see Chase Winovich at the Senior Bowl. He's a guy we discussed a couple of podcasts ago. Also, when we discussed Rashawn Gary, uh, we looked at Winovich a couple of times, especially in that game against Ohio State when Isaiah Prince did a nice job and ended up as a riser over on our board. But Winovich himself was a Week 8 riser over at DraftAnalyst.com. When Gary missed a couple games with injury, a big reason why certainly Gary is taking this bowl game off, Winovich played really well. He showed he was able to kind of carry the load on defense, even though 
As a whole, he had his least productive season as a pass rusher, but he still managed 14 and a half tackles for loss, still made plays behind the line of scrimmage in the run game as well. Tony, what are your thoughts on Winovich's NFL potential? Yeah, just a great football player. Not a great athlete, but a terrific football player. I believe it was announced today that he's going to participate in the bowl game. He's going to participate in the senior bowl. And then he's going to have surgery, I believe, after the combine. So he's going to get all his pre-draft work in and prep for the draft, answer all the scouts' questions, and then he's going to have his surgery. So, you know, doesn't have great size, six foot, two and a half, 260 pounds. He's a guy who runs in the four nines, but he's a guy who's fundamentally sound. He plays smart football. You know, there's great athletes that can exploit offensive tackles around the edge with speed and quickness. And then there are smart football players like Chase Winovich, who just mentally sets up opponents and beats them with great technique, great hand movement. You mentioned Isaiah Prince. I mean, the way he exploited Isaiah Prince during a time when Michigan was still in that game against Ohio State and stopped a third and goal, even though Isaiah Prince had a major size advantage on Chase Winovich. Isaiah Prince, the offensive tackle from Ohio State. So really, Winovich is a throwback. He's not a great athlete, but he's just a tremendous football player. Probably going to be a last day pick. But a good defensive coordinator is going to find ways for him to play, use him as a stand-up pass rusher out of a three-point stance, maybe drop him into coverage, put him at middle linebacker on occasion, and I'm sure he's going to be a special teams demon. Now, our next game doesn't quite have the top-shelf talent that the Michigan-Florida matchup did, and that's the Belk Bowl between 7-5 and five South Carolina and 7-5 and five Virginia. Now, while it doesn't have day one players necessarily in this game, this game will pit the Gamecocks' top 25 passing offense against the Cavaliers' top 15 pass defense. And those two areas of the field are the ones where the prospects stand out in this game. We have several second-day NFL guys to watch in that matchup. Tony, who do you like most? Well, Debo Samuel's not playing in this draft, and he's a guy who would have been a top 40 pick, or looks like he's going to be a top 45 pick, but he's not in this game. South Carolina has an excellent next-level receiver in Brian Edwards, who doesn't get the same headlines as his teammate Debo Samuel. He's not the game-breaker, he's not the vertical threat, but he's a real good receiver in his own right. A little bit bigger than Samuel, just as reliable, guy who goes over the middle, comes away with a tough catch in a crowd, and he's going to have to do it because Virginia has two outstanding next-level prospects in their secondary, starting with Juan Thornhill, the senior who really has played both safety and cornerback, a guy who's outstanding facing the action, good size, over six foot tall, 212 pounds, not the fastest guy, but instinctive, knows what's happening on the field, and basically sees plays happen and anticipates them before the ball is thrown. I like Thornhill a lot. I like him more at safety. I've always have. I never thought he was going to be a true cornerback at the next level because he can't make plays with his back to the ball. But that's a guy, when he goes over the middle, Brian Edwards is going to have to keep his head on a swivel to protect himself against, as is Bryce Hall, the Cavaliers' first-year starter at corner, six foot tall, over 200 pounds, really in the midst of a tremendous campaign. There's some thought that he could enter the draft. I have him right now graded as a second-round pick. Some people are saying first round. I just don't think he's a first-round cornerback at this point in time. But he's got great upside potential, really just starting to tap into his game. I like Bryce Hall a lot. I would like to see him go back to Virginia for another year and then come out and potentially be a top 32 pick in the 2020 draft. I'm glad you mentioned Brian Edwards because I feel like he is a guy that kind of flies under the radar as Debo Samuel gets a lot of the attention, and rightfully so. Samuel is the better player. He's the better pro prospect. But Edwards is a guy who has an NFL future. You know, as you mentioned, he's taller. He's got better length than Debo Samuel. His body control and contested catch ability is impressive. The question with him is athleticism. It'll be really interesting to see how he tests leading into the draft. 
that'll play a big part in where he ends up going in the draft. I do want to touch on Samuel here because even though he's not playing in the game, he's obviously worth discuss- discussing after his bounce back season. He had a leg injury that ended his 2017 season early, but he's a playmaker that's really tough to contain when he has the ball in his hands. He runs good routes. He's got solid hands. Him and Edwards have been a really tough combination for opposing defenses, and they've been a big reason why a guy like Jake Bentley has put up the numbers that he has, almost 3,000 passing yards, 27 touchdowns this year. You have Bentley graded as a third-round prospect. A lot of people are a little bit lower on Bentley than that. What do you see in him that makes you like Jake Bentley? You know, he's got that it factor at times that Sam Darnold showed throughout his college career. Obviously he's not Sam Darnold, but he's a guy who just comes up with big plays. I like his accuracy. I like his anticipation. He's a guy who he makes some mistakes. He throws some questionable passes at times, but he also makes a lot of throws that few other quarterbacks can. Got pressured at times this year, but I like his upside. Didn't have the year that a lot of people had hoped for. I still think there's a lot in the tank, and he's a guy who can develop. Let's go back to what you said about Debo Samuel and his injury. You know, that was a pretty bad injury in 2017, and that's something that during combine examinations, the team's medical doctors and the medical examiners are really going to look at. They're going to look at via MRI. They do uh, different examinations where they will actually pull on his leg to check the integrity of, his, of the joints. So Debo Samuel on film looks like a guy who's going to be a top 45 pick. It could also come down to those uh, or it will come down to those medical exams. If he's red flagged by any team and he's either flagged or he's failed, he could potentially drop in the draft. One last guy I want to mention from South Carolina, their left tackle, Dennis Daly, a guy who I was high on. If you read my uh, preview of South Carolina over the summer, big guy, six five and a half, three hundred ten 310 pounds. I believe he is playing at the senior ball. Someone who has consistently impressed me. If you watch the game against Clemson, he did a good job against Cleveland Farrell and Austin Bryant in the Clemson pass rushers early in the game when South Carolina was still in it. Basically, he helped keep the pocket clean, helped Bentley uh, stay upright. He's a guy with a lot of potential. He's going to play at the next level. We'll see at the Senior Bowl if he's going to be a left tackle. At the very worst, I think he can be a starter at right on the right side. Now we'll move on to the third and final non-semifinal game of the day. And as you kind of insinuated before, it's a game that's really lacking in NFL prospect pedigree, not even just compared to the first two games we discussed today, but on its own. There's only one draftable prospect on our board, one priority free agent. So this one falls a little short, but we're still going to discuss it. Tony, who are those viable players I mentioned in the Arizona Bowl between 8-4 and four Arkansas State and 7-5 and five Nevada? Yeah, I like the Arkansas State offensive lineman, Leonard Bonner. He plays left tackle for Arkansas State, but he's built more like a guard. 6'3 three and a half, 320 pounds. Moves very well. Shows the ability to get out to the second level. Block in motion. He's got decent footwork. He's got long arms. His arms are over 34 and a half inches, which is a major positive. I've got him right now graded as a seventh round pick. I believe he's playing in the Shrine game, which is good for him. A lot of ability. Keep your eye on this cat because uh, he's going to make an NFL roster. I don't know if he's going to be a starter, but he's going to be a guy who I think can make a depth chart and see some playing time. And he's going to be playing against a couple guys like Malik Reed, very good pass rusher for Nevada, who we project to inside linebacker because of size limitations. But Reed is fast off the edge. He makes a lot of plays up the field. Right now, I have him graded as a uh, undrafted free agent, although scouts stamped him as a seventh round pick coming into the season. The guy here to watch is Leonard Bonner, the Arkansas State left tackle who projects to guard. And that's it for episode number 15 of the Draft Analysts, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? 
If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're on all the major platforms. You can leave us a rating and a review, and feel free to send us questions to answer on the show, either via review or on Twitter, where we can be found at Tony Pauline, at Chris Tripodi, at Draft Analyst One, or at Believe Podcasts. Don't forget to visit draftanalyst.com for all your bowl season needs. We'll have scouting grids for every game to help you keep track of all the prospects that matter for the 2019 NFL Draft. We'll be back shortly with yet another show to go over Saturday's semifinal matchups and get in-depth on both Clemson, Notre Dame, and Alabama, Oklahoma. For Tony Pauline, I'm Chris Tripodi, and you'll be hearing from us again real soon.